This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time. We especially appreciate those who may be watching for the very first time. Stay tuned today as we discuss this subject, the yoke of Christ. What is that? The yoke of Christ. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize that it's free. I cannot emphasize it too much because many people call and they think that they're supposed to pay for the course. There is no cost. It is absolutely free of charge. We want you to have it. We want you to join in with thousands of people all over the world that are now studying this Bible course. We want you to have, take advantage of this opportunity today. And we're going to pause so that you can learn more about the course and so that you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5211. I'm reading now from the 11th chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 28 and reading through verse 30. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The figure here, where Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you, is taken from the yoke that was used on an oxen, without which the oxen would not be able to pull the loads that were required of them. And perhaps the yoke was to make the burden as light as possible on the oxen. Often the yoke was ill-fitted, and thus the burden would become heavy. There are various uses of the word yoke. I know that uh, not long ago I was pressing a shirt to wear. And my wife says, no, no, that's not the way you do it. You're supposed to press the yoke first. I says, well, what part of the shirt is the yoke? And she explained to me that it's that part of the shirt that covers the shoulders is the yoke. Well, there are a lot of uses of the word yoke in the Bible. And it's a symbol of oppression and a symbol of slavery. For example, in Leviticus, the uh, 26th chapter, and in verse 13, 
I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their bondman, and I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. And so there the word yoke was used as a symbol of the oppression of the slavery of the children of Israel. It is also used as an emblem or a bondage, the bondage of sin. For example, in Lamentations, the first chapter, and in verse 14, uh, listen to these words. The yoke of my transgressions is bound by his hands. And so there, sin is referred to as being a yoke. The yoke of my transgressions. But in the text that I've just read to you from Matthew chapter 11, the word yoke is used to refer to the service that Christ demands of us. Whatever Jesus has required of men in serving him, that is his yoke. Now, there was a yoke in the Old Testament. And it was the yoke of bondage of the law. That was the, the ceremonies and all of the rites of the law were referred to as being a yoke. In Galatians, the fifth chapter and verse one, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But Jesus says, take my yoke. And then he says, my yoke is easy and the burden is light. Now, the burden, the, the yoke of Jesus Christ must be taken. He says, take my yoke upon you. And we take that yoke upon us when we obey his will. It's not sufficient for us to refer to him as Lord without doing His will, doing whatever He requires of us, and then we're taking upon ourselves the yoke of Christ. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. It is necessary for us to learn of Christ in taking His yoke. Notice what he says here, verse 29, take my yoke up on you and learn of me. So learn of me. We must study the word of God in order that we learn of him. That's perhaps the reason that we're taught in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to learn of Christ. We learn of Jesus Christ as we study the Bible. It is the Bible that reveals to us all we need to know about Jesus Christ. If we grow weary in persecution, let us learn of Christ. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying to his Father in heaven, If it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not as thou wilt, as I wilt, but as thou wilt. 
not my will but your will be done. But it is said of him in the 39th verse of the 26th chapter of Matthew, he went a little farther. And when we are weary in persecution, we need to go just a little bit more. Should we become self-centered, let's learn of Christ. And in Romans 15 and verse 3, the Bible says, For Christ pleased not himself. So we learn from Jesus not to be self-centered. If we are maligned, let us learn of Christ. Why in 1 Peter 2, 21 to 22, the Bible says that when he was reviled, he threatened not. And if we're lifted up with pride, let us learn from Christ. He humbled himself unto death, yea, the death of the cross. So it is necessary to learn of Jesus Christ in taking his yoke. He said that his yoke is easy. He said his burden, the burden is light. Now Jesus did not say there would be no burdens. For in fact, there are burdens to bear in life. He just said that the burden would be light. It wouldn't be as heavy to bear if we have him helping us bear the burdens of life. We all have our burdens in this life. Man that is born of woman is a few days and he's full of trouble. But they're, they're light. Paul had burdens to bear in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. He said we're troubled on every side. But in the 16th verse of that same chapter, he said, For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us an exceeding weight of glory. And so Paul referred to his affliction as being a light affliction. It was a light affliction. We're going to have burdens to bear, but Jesus' yoke is easy, and when we have him, the burden is light. Well, I think about the burden of self-denial. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's a burden to bear. And sometimes that's the most difficult thing to do, is to deny self, to follow Jesus Christ. There's the burden of persecution. There are people in various parts of the world that are persecuted even to the point of death because they are Christians. Paul said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. So indeed there are burdens to bear. But he said, my yoke is easy and the burden is light. Well, why is his yoke easy and why is his burden light? Well, there may be a number of reasons that we can observe about that. I think one of the reasons that his yoke is easy and his burden is light is because Jesus demands no unreasonable thing of man. There isn't anything that he demands of us that is unreasonable. For example, in 1 John, the fifth chapter and verse 3, the Bible says this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not like a burden that we bear. 
And there isn't anything about the commandments of our Lord that are unreasonable. He commands men to believe. Now let me ask you, do you think that's unreasonable for Jesus to demand that we believe in him? He does in John 8, 24. Except we, we believe in him, we're going to die in our sins according to that passage. Now it would be unreasonable for us to believe in him had he not proven that he was the Christ. But he has proven that. In John the 20th chapter, verses 30 and 31, we're told many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and believing you may have life in his name. You see, he has furnished unmistakable proof that he is the Christ. According to Acts 1 and 3, he's given us some infallible evidence that he is the Son of God. So he commands us to believe. That's not unreasonable. He demands that men repent of their sins. Well, listen to Luke 13, 3. I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Now, let me ask you, is that unreasonable? Now, if our sin was not against him, it would be unreasonable. But the fact of the matter is, our sin is against him. In Luke 15, when the prodigal son was on his way back home, he rehearsed the confession that he planned to make when he returned home, and he did make that confession. I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. You see, all sin is against the Lord. And so it's not unreasonable that he asked us to repent of our sins. Now, to repent of sin means that there is a change of mind, a change of heart for the better. And there is a turning away from sin. But then he calls upon men to confess him before men. What's unreasonable about that? Why, in Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. You see, Jesus promises to do more for us than, than we'll ever do for him. He said, If you'll confess me, I'll confess you, not just before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. There's nothing unreasonable about Jesus asking us to confess him. He tells us to be baptized. Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What is it that's unreasonable about that? If the sinless Son of God could be baptized, why cannot we see the need to do the same? Jesus was not baptized because he was a sinner. He was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus Christ left us an example to follow in that regard. So what is there unreasonable about Jesus' command? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It is not unreasonable. You see, his yoke is easy and his burden is light because it, he commands nothing of us that is unreasonable. Why, he commands that we be faithful, that we be faithful to death, 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now what is there about that that is unreasonable? Now Jesus Christ has been faithful to us. Jesus Christ will never leave us and he will never forsake us. So it is not unreasonable for him to command that we be faithful to him. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and the burden is light. His yoke is easy and the burden is light by means of comparison. You compare Jesus' yoke with Satan's yoke. Ha <laughs> ha. You see, when you compare Jesus' yoke with Satan's yoke, it's so easy to see that Jesus' yoke is easy and the burden is light. Proverbs 13, 15. Solomon said, The way of the transgressor is hard. It is hard. The way of sin is hard. Isaiah 57, verses 20 and 21 uh, paint a picture of the wicked. And, it, and then the wicked, he says, is like the troubled sea. It's a hard life. It's a turbulent life. So the yoke of Jesus is easy. And the burden is light by means of comparison. There are people today that are living under Satan's yoke. And I want you to know that that's the hardest thing thing you will ever do. And I want to encourage you to take upon yourself the yoke that is easy and the burden that is going to be a light burden. But then his yoke is easy and his burden is light because it is born in love. God is concerned not only about what we do, but he's concerned about the reason that we do the things that we do. In 1 Peter, the first chapter and verse 8, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You see, we love Him even though we have not seen Him. We bear the yoke of Jesus Christ out of love for Him. And love always makes service easy. It's a pleasure to render service to those that we love even if they do not love us. And His yoke is easy and His burden is light because of the assurance that we have that our service will be accepted. If we knew our service will be accepted, if we know that, we, we could have very little, if we did not think our service would be accepted, we'd have very little enthusiasm for taking upon ourselves the yoke of Christ. But we know that whatever we do for Him, 
will not go unnoticed. He notices what we do. He knows what we do. His yoke is easy. His burden is light because it is born in love. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light because the Lord helps us bear it. You don't bear it alone. You have help bearing that load. Psalms 55 and 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who strengtheneth me. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Because he helps pick up part of the load. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Because you see, the longer you bear that yoke, the easier it becomes. You see, according to 2 Peter 3.18, we grow as Christians. We, we grow in the grace and we grow in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we, we feed our souls upon the nourishing Word of God as newborn babes. Desire the sincere miracle of the Word that you may grow thereby, 1 Peter 2 and 2. And so as we grow stronger spiritually, as we continue to bear that load, the longer we carry it, the easier it becomes. You see, the longer we serve the Lord, the stronger we become, and the easier we find it to live the Christian life. And as we look forward to the reward of heaven, may we never forget that as we bear this yoke of Jesus Christ, as we continue to plod along day in and day out in serving Him, that there is reward waiting for us at the end of the way. But may I ask you, have you ever taken up that yoke? You see, the verses that I read to you in the very beginning are an invitation to take that yoke. Let me read it again. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You see, Jesus is inviting right now for men and women to follow Him and to serve Him. And it is the better way of life. It is the easier way of life. And it is the more rewarding way of life. To take His yoke. But you see, this 
invitation is for all people everywhere. Come unto me, all ye that labor. And that means men and women all over the world are subject to this invitation of Jesus Christ. And I wonder, have you accepted his invitation? There's not anything unreasonable about his invitation. He's extended that to you. Suppose you received an invitation from the Queen of England. Would that excite you? You've been invited to come there to, to be there with the Queen and be in her presence. Well, I have an idea that you would do anything possible to be able to go and to accept that invitation. But there's an invitation that has been extended that is far greater than any that might be extended by any human being. And that's the invitation extended by the King of Kings when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy, that are, and are, that are coming to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You, all you have to do is accept that invitation on his terms. You see, we don't dictate the terms. We accept His terms. And His terms involve faith in Him, repentance of sin, confession of faith in Him, and baptism into Him, and faithfulness all of our Christian life. I'd urge you to accept that invitation to take upon you this day the yoke of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in the closing moments, I want to extend to each one of you a very special invitation to visit the church of Christ nearest to you in your community. And if you're not sure where the church is located, if you will call, we will find for you the location of the church nearest to you. And we want you to visit with them because you see it, the church in your community is made up of people who have taken upon themselves the yoke of Jesus Christ. And also right now, please pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. It is free. Please do that today. Don't hesitate at all. Someone says, what does it cost? Nothing. Will you send me a bill? No. It is free. There are operators standing by right now waiting to get your name and address so that we can mail the course out to you as soon as possible. So call right now. There isn't a catch to this. We want you to know more about Christ. We want you to know how. You can take upon yourself the yoke of our Lord. I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
right to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.